All right, this is Hindsight 2020. This one post NFL Week 16. Hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas, enjoyed your holiday time, and enjoyed just what seemed like non stop NFL action the entire weekend. Um, Good weekend, going to get into Mike and I's Super Contest entry. It was our best week of the year, uh, but even getting into that first, I feel like would be bearing the lead, because if you listened to the Week 16 podcast, a little bit different, we, we didn't just heavily focus on our five Super Contest picks. Uh, I talked a little bit about the anatomy, uh, maybe doing an autopsy on some of my losing bets, trying to sort of reverse engineer, finding out where I went wrong on things. But we also spent a good amount of time talking about a super contest entry that Mike has that is actually live, uh, going into the final three weeks of the season and Mike this past weekend went 5 and 0 in his contest. One of the big points that we talked about last Thursday and that I think led him to another successful week. Great job on his part. It's to go 5 and 0 any week in the NFL is a really really good. But to do it with that kind of pressure on the line, knowing that you are in a position uh, where those five picks matter so much. It's not just about picking winners. It's about grouping games. So Mike has done an excellent job. And I think we we worked out a little bit on Thursday. Sometimes you just got to let it fly, man. You know, It's so easy with all of the information, all of the stats, the data, the analytics, all of the talking heads, all of the dopes like me with podcasts talking about betting strategies. Oh my gosh, it can be overwhelming. I mean, how do you do your due diligence and really make nuanced arguments for both sides of every game. I really emphasize this. I never want to look at any pick and think, I've got 100% lock. I always want to see the other side just to know that I'm not missing something. But I think I might spend a little too much time in the, well, how could I be wrong? Well, how could this pick not get home? Well, how could the other team make me look stupid? You know, Mike Lombardi, he has this great saying. It is, fear does the job of reason. And when we think we're reasoning through things and being really rational and logical, often that is just fear keeping us from doing what instinctually feels like the right thing to do. I've had to do a lot of soul searching on my own after losing a lot of bets, 
But looking at Mike's success, I think what he's really done well, it's, it's not that he's ignoring the nuance. It's not that he isn't considering the other side of his initial opinions. But Mike likes a game, wants to pick the game, he picks the game. He knows he's not going to have five games he's in love with every week. So he puts the ones that he is in his contest and he figures out what to do with the rest of them. He lets it fly. He just picks the games that he wants to pick. It sounds simple, and I think people like me, one of the biggest mistakes we make is we don't want to just have an opinion. We want to have what would be viewed by the outside world as a sharp opinion. And here's the thing at the end of the day. There's no one way to go about doing this. There's not one handicapper who is right on every single pick. The bookmakers are setting these numbers in a hypothetical ideal that they'll get even action on both sides. Meaning, there's a reasonable reason that you can pick any side in any game. And sometimes you just gotta go with you like, with what you like. I read this in a book and it's killing me. I've been trying to think of it all day because I wanted to attribute the author. But this was more of a life lesson. They said, ask yourself this question in life. And this can be for anything. What would I do if I wasn't afraid? And my first thought is some sort of wannabe machismo guy is, I'm not afraid. It's not a fear thing. I just don't want to be wrong, or I'm trying to make the best decision, or, or, yeah, you're afraid of being wrong. You're afraid that your decision won't be the best decision. I'm afraid to let it fly. I sit here on Monday doing this hindsight show so often, criticizing my ability to handicap a football game. You know what? I might never be great at it. I never claim to be. But... I come in here Thursday prepared, researched, and I can talk any pro football game with anybody. Doesn't mean I'm always going to be right. But what I really need to do is trust myself. Trust myself, not that I'm going to pick winners 70% of the time, but trust that I have an opinion that I can go with and I'm going to live with it. If it fails, it fails, but I can only trust that I'm going to put picks in that I like. It sounds so simple. It sounds so naive. It sounds like such a winning strategy that someone who sits across from this table from me every Thursday implores season after season, week after week, And is one of the few people that consistently wins. Not huge, not big, not life-changing money. But someone who loves this as a hobby. Loves this as a challenge. And who always puts themselves in a position to play the next week. And you know what? That kind of confidence. That kind of free spirit. To just do it the way you want to do it. I think has a lot to do with Mike's success and has a lot to do with why success 
seems to always be so far out of my own personal grasp. So congratulations to Mike on going 5-0. Two weeks left. Anything can happen. He's currently positioned just outside the top 100. Has a chance to cash. That would be a really good accomplishment. He's done really well. And I am rooting for him. Because never, ever, if, if this happens to you, I promise you, you'll never win. Don't be resentful of other people's success or you'll never have your own. I want so badly to do well in a super contest. I want to make the cash and it hasn't happened for me. But I look at all the people who do make that cash and I'm happy for them. Hell, it's the bookmakers we're all playing against anyway. But the fact that it's Mike, my best friend, somebody who's been helping me get better as a gambler, I am really proud and really happy that he has had the success in this contest this year. We'll see how it goes. The one thing I know, though, the one thing I'm certain of with Mike to close out the year, these final 10 games that he puts in this contest, he's going to feel good about the picks he's going to put in. He might sweat him. He might be fearful. He might see ways that they they could go wrong, but it's not going to stop him from playing the game that's got him here. And that's something that we can all admire and learn from and try to incorporate into our own gambling. Now, I was very trepidatious this weekend. I only made three bets. I bet the Rams on Thursday, winner, Steelers on Saturday, winner, and at that point, I'd made two big bets, two unit bets. That's what I'm going to bet the rest of the year out. I'm only betting what I view to be my premier stuff. So I only had one game on Sunday, and I bet nothing yesterday, and a lot of that was fear-based. I did not believe that I could handle another losing week. So I was up 2-0. I had a chance to be 3-0. It would have been a huge weekend. But even at 2-1, I'd still have a winner. And because I was playing such big bets, even just the one game would be a nice chunk of cash. So I did play a little bit fearful, but I also understood who I was dealing with. And that is a person that was not going to be mentally and emotionally able to rally back if they had another losing week. So if I took that 2-0 that I had gotten with the Rams and the Steelers Thursday and Saturday and walked away from the week a loser, I couldn't be sitting here so optimistically today. So I did what I had to do, although that kind of hesitation did leave me off more winners than losers. So I left a couple things on the cutting room floor, but I understood there was a bigger picture for me. And the best lesson is don't get yourself in that spot. I was in that spot. There was nothing I could do. I had let emotion and fear take over. I had to do whatever I had to do to get myself a winning week. So I played it the way I played it. But had I been mentally stronger a few weeks before 
and it held the reserve that I did such a good job holding throughout the season, even when times were down, even when I had my bleakest week, much worse than any of the weeks I had uh, prior to week 16. If I had just had that resolve, I could have done better, but I wasn't in the place to do that because I was letting fear do the job of reason. Uh, And that's just something I got to get better at. One thing we did, we quickly put five games together in our super contest and we got four winners and one push. The push, man, I got to eat this one. It's a procedural error. I did good and bad at the same time. When me and Mike were choosing games, Mike liked the Dallas Cowboys plus one and a half against the Dolphins. Of course, in our super contest, lines change. Now, I had the Dolphins in my own contest. I was also playing in a one-week-only um, contest where you had to go 5-0 and to make any money. I was 4-1. and I had the Dolphins, and I got the Dolphins at Pick'em. So when this line started moving back up to 1, to 1.5, to 2, I didn't pay much attention because I already had the Dolphins at Pick'em. I did when it get to, got to two at one point took Dallas, but here's where I made a procedural error. I think that sucker got up to two and a half at one point. I can't be 100% sure. I use a few different books. It might have only got to Dolphins two and a half on some of my other books, but if that thing sat at two and a half on my bookie, I could have got Dallas in the contest at two and a half and we would have been five and oh. Now, we got the push. If I had paid no attention, uh, we would have had it at the original one and a half. It would have been a loser. It just goes to show you how important it is. In a contest where they allow you to change your picks, in a contest where the lines are moving, yes, you get the benefit that you can get the best number, but you have to be on it. You have to constantly be shopping those numbers It's something I've done a really good job of all season. I will say Mike and I rarely don't have the best of the number in any game, win, lose, or draw. But this one, I think I might have messed up and cost us a win procedurally. I got us the half a point, uh, but I could have got us a full point. And And if it comes down to that... Boy, that's a tough one to live with, but I think it just is a lesson about in these contests how on it you have to be with the line changes. Uh, Mike's Ugly Betty was the New York football giants. This was a good pick. Sometimes you just have to look at teams and look at the line and say, does this price make sense for this product? There are a lot of really good teams that blow other teams out in the NFL. The Eagles just aren't one of them this year. And this was a division rival. We knew the Giants, you know, everybody kind of sold their stock after the New Orleans loss. It was somewhat of a circle the wagons game for the Eagles here. Standalone Christmas game. All these favorites tended to get inflated a bit. Uh, But Mike was on it. Never flinched. Made it his ugly Betty. And we got the win. Uh, mentioned the Dallas game because that was, I was going to listen to Mike on his Cowboys opinion. Mike was going to listen to me on my Steelers opinion. Rah, rah, Tomlin spot. 
No, Mason Rudolph is not great, but it sent a message to the team that they weren't going to tolerate Truschitsky. Pittsburgh played with passion, they played alive, and they did what they normally do to these Ohio division teams. They trounced them. Pittsburgh ended up closing a three-point dog at home. This is one of those ones, I mean, I had no hesitation betting it. I had no hesitation in putting it in all of my contest. It just made sense to me. I let it fly. I got to take that lesson uh, in my other bets. It was a great bet for, for everyone involved. I believe this was one of Mike's picks in his contest as well. So Pittsburgh, winner, winner, rah, rah, Tomlin spot all the way around. The Rams. This was a let it fly pick. We both had money on the Rams. It was Thursday. We were about an hour from the kickoff. We weren't going to just go and fret over all the games on the board. Just decided, hey, you like the Rams, I like the Rams. Let's do it. We, we used to do what we called a consensus pick, where if we both had a like on something, we didn't outthink the room. We put it in the contest. That's what we did with the Rams. Got ourselves a winner. Uh, Chargers, I like this. I called it the dead coach bounce. When teams bounce back motivated a week after their coach gets fired, teams like the Chargers blown out, allowed 63 points to the Raiders, national TV, standalone game. You know they're not going to lay an egg the next week. Buffalo, meanwhile, looked like world beaters against Dallas. Now, simple game where they're a big favorite on the road. It's just if you've done this long enough, these sort of seem simple. Again, I'm going to compliment Mike. I'm doing it a lot today. He bet on this game. I didn't. I just couldn't do it. Um, now, maybe again, I've put myself in a position where I'm only playing big money premium plays. That's my fault because I don't have... The looseness I had earlier in the season to maybe dabble with smaller half-unit bets and things like that could have been on the Chargers. But point being, and this is what's great about the category game, I didn't have the stones to bet cash money on this game, but recognized immediately that it's the kind of game you want to bet. So playing this category game in the contest has sort of given us the freedom to make plays that we might not always make because we just recognize them as good plays. Chargers was a good play. We got the win on that one. Um, So yeah, so we get the Chargers game. We get the Steelers game. We get the Rams game. We get the Giants game. We push on the Cowboys 4-0-1. 4-0-1. Look, we're not going to do anything in this contest. We're, we're too far out of it at this point. Even running the table, I've, I've crunched the math. It's not going to do us anything, but it doesn't mean that we don't want to finish out strong. We're going to let it fly with our best picks on Thursday, and that you can bet on.